And welcome. We're back. We're rolling. Nice to be back. Isn't it nice to be back, Matt? It is. It feels like it's been a hell of a it's long time. It's been a year, at least. Uh, see what I did there? Mm. Yeah. There was there was problems with the Christmas episode, and on many levels. And then the, the one that I have in the bank, I was going to upload on January, but I was like, oh, this needs more editing. And I just didn't feel like doing it. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah, the... That Christmas album was a mistake. Moving on. <laughs> right. Back to the classic album looking at song by song, Delio. And we're going to look at <laughs> Overnight Sensation. What year was Overnight Sensation? Oh, well. 96. 96. So this is the first album without Wurzel. Well, it's the first album of the new lineup of the, well, it would be the new lineup at the time. This is the first album with the three-piece lineup that became to be known to us as the Motherhood lineup because they're the one that we yeah saw. Yeah. It's the the we're in full modern lineup. The modern now. lineup, yeah. Probably, I guess I would contend the best lineup, but that's me. It certainly la- in, it lasted the longest thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, had the it, most albums, I think. It is also uh, the uh, the lineup where where's all left. So, so Wurzel left halfway through, well, partway through recording a sacrifice. So he's only on two tracks, isn't he? What what information do we have on the departure there? Well, he just kind of got up and left, didn't he? <laughs> it's like there's not really a lot said. He just sort of had enough, and Lemmy could see it wasn't it wasn't working out. He it's wasn't contributing many, that much. And yeah, the, the, you want things to be like this big, like movie esque walking out. I'll show you moments, but it, a lot of the times it's just like. Someone in the band just goes, oh, I can't really be arsed with this anymore, lads, yeah. I'll see you later. Yeah. Seems to be what happened. Does sound like he'd, he'd had enough, but... Mickey D said of Wurzel's departure that he felt that Wurzel was the most motorhead in terms of he played the most, like, thrash style of yeah. motorhead. He played, like, with the most anger and consistency, whereas everyone else was, like, musicians that were playing... That style, he said, like he he lived Motorhead, which was a, a funny thing to say because wasn't Wurzel the guy with like the you know, the pink hair? Yeah, he was for his time, wasn't he? But I know they've said, well, a lot of reviews have said with this album, we'll we'll get onto it. You you've lost a lot of. It's weird because in a way this is a heavy hour album, but Sacrifice is a lot more thrashy and metal. Like you'd lose that going into Overnight Sensation and you sort of back to the classic Motorhead almost like three chords rock and roll which is it's it's welcome but I, I, I like it best when there's the balance there yeah, a lot of balance I mean there's there's a lot of people working in the studio on this one as well like you've got uh, like returning Howard Benson and he's yeah. brought with him Dwayne Barron which was his one of his protégés but it's also Ryan Dawn on mixing and as producers as well so yeah so a lot of, lot of cooks in that kitchen but well, they were saying, like, in the studio booking in Lemmy's in White Line Fever that Lemmy likes working with people he knows are reliable. Mm-hmm. How Benson produced Bastards and Sacrifice. So, you know, both solid, solid albums. I mean, I'm I'm a bit if I like Sacrifice. I'm just a bit iffy with some of the mixing on there. I think some of the guitars are too... It's, they're almost really muddy sounding. Like, they're not, they're not like... I'm not saying they've got to be crystal clear when you listen to them, but it does sound like there's something muffling the speaker. But both solid, solid albums, so you can see why they brought him back on board. There's some good quotes in the um, in the in the studio book where 
Ryan's trying to get a bit more out of Lemmy and keeps making him do vocal takes. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, what was wrong with that? He why says, have I got to do it again? Yeah. Like someone of Lemmy's stature and someone who's been in the business that long will be like, why are you telling me how to do my job? But at the same time, which producers... designed, this is my job to tell you how to do your job. Yeah, the producer's <laughs> trying to get the best out of the musicians in front of him. And if he doesn't, if he thinks a take could be better. Mm. It's know. also the first uh, album on CMC. Like, I don't think they were on for long, but a lot of notable artists on CNC, man. Leonard Skinner, LA Guns. Remember LA Guns? Jesus Christ. Blue Oyster Cult, Priest, Dickinson. So they were in good company. Wasp, was. although, Fillers. although from I think it's only in the in the studio book. Lemmy's talking about, or it might be White on Fever. He's talking about CMC, where he's effectively saying all record companies are thieving bastards. <laughs> so, you know, if you're making money off an album, then they're not good businessmen. And he said they had quite a good relationship with them, which. Basically, he said they were bad business people <laughs> because he was actually seeing money from the album. I stayed with them until the 2000s. Yeah, there's quite a few albums. I mean, the rights, I lose track of where the rights go and everything because there's, they're on SPV and Steam Hammer and there's all sorts of reissues and the rights seem to bounce around everywhere. Because, I mean, the copy I've got is, I think it's a Steam Hammer re-release. Yeah, SPV, Steam Hammer. They do... Snake bite after this with them, yeah, and then hammered they do with the metalers, but they're still with SPV. But let's not talk about all that boring stuff, let's talk about the songs, the album, the music. First things first, the cover, cover, oof, <laughs> misstep, not a good cover. I mean, for one, where's Lemmy's uh trademark handlebar mustache? Well, you can't, you can't really blame him for like wanting to. Wanted to change up his look and everything. The thing that gets me about it is, like, I used to pick Motorhead albums basically just on the cover. Yeah. So I used to, like, I'd go for, like, Another Perfect Day or, like, Inferno or or something if he was going through the shop. It doesn't look like, like the cover of a heavy album. It doesn't. It doesn't look very metal, does the, it? The really the, frustrating thing. There's no corpses thing. and dick tongues on this, is there? No, but the really frustrating thing, I, d- I don't know if it's just on this re release because I think this is a 2016 reissue, not the ones that came out last year because they released a lot of the the hard to find albums on LP like Hammered and We Are Motorhead and Motorizer and I think they did Overnight Sensation Hammered this isn't one of those but this version like the scan of the covers awful yeah it's so blurry yeah it looks like they've been photoshopped to fuck don't it (laughs) yeah it's just it's so fuzzy and blurry you can can barely tell that phil's got a cigarette in his mouth the text as well like of the uh, of the uh the album title it just looks like some like like early 2000s myspace emo girl font yeah (laughs) it's it's, just garbage isn't it it's someone's like Biro drawing yeah. or biro font in the back of a school notebook Terrible. or something. And what I hate the most is the fact it's got that gimmick of putting all the songs on a circle in the back. Oh, so if you're like listening to the fucking album and you're trying to find out where you are and you're, you're trying to follow along with the back, you've got to spin the goddamn yeah. thing around. It's like trying to read a map, which is a dyslexic man I do not appreciate. I mean, the the package of this isn't great. Like, the, the insert's just... It's just the cover with... Snaggle two former and then the lyrics on the back. And it's like a, there's nothing to this at all. It's, it's like all fucking mucus green as well. Oh, it's all in this awful like oh, it's, 
this is why I didn't pick this album up till quite a bit later on. It seems to me you've got a theme with Overnight Sensation. You've got like an idea of a band that, or a guy that becomes big, and you can go, you can explore all the aspects of how that you know can corrupt someone, how it makes them more introspective, what it means to say about art in general. You've got visual themes you could put in there. You could make a Smell the Glove kind of album with this, you know what I mean? But instead, they've just gone with puke green and horrible scans of horrible looking yeah i, I don't get faces. it i mean i kind of get what they're going for with the irony of the, the title because i mean this is well this is 96 yeah so, so it's far from being a fucking overnight sensation 20 years since the release of or near enough 20 years since the release of motorhead self-titled lp we shouldn't judge the book or the proverbial the by, by the its cover um but in the day i i did Right then, so first track. What's the first track, man? Civil War. Civil War. Right. Drop that needle. Wait, I've got to turn the actual fucking thing. this we were talking about how there's nothing really that stands out on this album as a live song but i think this still works as a live song i remember them seeing i remember seeing this live i think i've got this on a live dvd somewhere as well like whacking yeah i think it, they might have brought it out for like some of the old it's it's thrashy enough isn't it yeah yeah it, it definitely song, fits, in, fits in with what what i'd come to know as the modern motorhead basically like hammered onwards yeah yeah the good stuff. Yeah, and it's it's very much in in that that vein, like solid solid opener. You were saying about the the drum track at the start, yeah. just <laughs> yeah, let you know what's coming, done it, and that's the fucking pace we want to be on. Just like the guitar for it as well. It's just like you know, apparently uh, Phil Campbell at this point anyway played like he'd play the lead first, and then he'd do the rhythm after, mm. which is peculiar. It's an odd it? way of doing yeah. it, isn't it? What we didn't talk about is how coming to this album, like, let me get everyone together. It's like, right, we need to find a new guitarist. And Phil just kind of just, like, meekly said, well, can I just do it myself? And <laughs> let me only really agreed because he's like, yeah, that'll save us the arsehake of looking for someone. So mm. go at it. So he was coming at this with, like, a lot on his shoulders was Phil Campbell. And he had a lot to prove. And he had a lot to work up to. Apparently, he practiced like a bastard all the time when he was in there. But then also, there are quotes from Mickey D and Lemmy saying he was such a natural guitarist anyway. Yeah, I mean... It must be a, a hell of a lot of pressure because, I mean, he's been working Wurzel since 86. So it's like I 10 think, years. Yeah. Coming of... up with that riff just straight out of the gate there is just shows that yeah, they've made the right decision. Like, they don't need anyone else. Phil can support this himself. Yeah. There are there are bits on this where you might, or just on the album where you might think, how would this sound with a second guitar player? But you can't imagine them playing live with the, this lineup yeah. with someone else if there was another guitar in that i think it would just drag the song on a little bit more you know it would yeah. just be like the solo would have just been like another guitar in there they wouldn't have yeah. improved the whole song at all i wasn't saying that like this one specifically just other songs on the album might have benefited yeah. from it but like i i can't imagine like the live lineup that we've got here having someone else with them playing it just wouldn't fit or it wouldn't feel right 
But um, there is another writer on this track, weirdly. So it's Magnus Axe from Swedish Erotica. Who the fuck is Swedish Erotica? Um, I don't really know that much about them. They're some Swedish rock and roll band who split up in 96. <laughs> um, I don't know if they were considering getting him as another guitarist. I, I doubt it because there's, there's no mention of it anywhere. But it's just odd that he's got writing credit. Maybe on he it, just so like pitched one line and like let me really like it so he kept it in. Maybe. Speaking of like this is a fucking this is classic motorhead songwriting. This like it's short, catchy verses about war and death. Your children learning, you teach them to hate. Your cities are burning outside your window. Outside your window. I don't think he's covered civil war before. No, but he's done war before, so yeah, <laughs> you know. Hell of a lot of tracks. It's called Civil War, but it's not really about the Civil War, is it? It's not like a historical... It's not like 1916 no. where they mention like things that yeah, happened around there. It's just like a Civil War. Civil Wars happen all over the place, yeah. don't they? Like We just think about the American one, but that shit happens worldwide. Yeah, we've got all the... There's a, right, I'm going to count... We'll have to count the amount of references to... God and Dog <laughs> on this album because there's a hell of a lot. I God mean, and Dog. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's Season of the Dog. Your dollar takes the place of God. There's some it's just crazy internal rhyme. <laughs> you know, if anything, I'm upset that we've set the bar so high out the gates because looking at the rest of the track lists, I don't think anything stands up to how good this song oh, is. I, I think there's... This isn't my favourite on this oh, album. Oh, okay. Well, let's let's crack on till we find what your favourite is then. Shall we do track number two? What is track number? Oh, it's, it's a belt of this, Crazy actually. Crazy like a fox. It's, it's good, but a completely different non-thrash kick-your-ass way. First appearance of the Moet. I don't know if it's the, surely it's not the first. I'm pretty we've sure the, it is. I know we've had the we've had the, the honky tonk piano a few yeah. times. <laughs> so this fir- Brazil and um, yeah. Rocket, have we? Firmly fits into the category of old school Chuck Berry esque that we've talked about, yes. which Lemmy likes, <laughs> and which he makes sound contemporary and more more rock and roll now. It's, more, it's, more rock than rock and roll. Rock close to metal. Metal close to thrash. <laughs> yes, there's it, call it whatever you want. Good tune. There's it's got a massive sound to it, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. it just hits you in the face straight off. I mean, I guess that's why they needed all these fucking producers and mixers and stuff. Like, there's a lot of people and a lot of a uh, lot of instruments and a lot of double up like tracks of the vocals and the guitar and shit. Well, it's weird because they they say in the studio book that the place where they recorded the drums was like awful. Yes, where they had like this awful Atari thing, which would take ages to load. The producers and the band just went into let's just make the best record we can with what's available. I think there was there must have been a lot of that going on, especially with like Phil Feel and potentially that this record is really if he doesn't step up, then that's go- it's going to fail there. So he, there's a lot of pressure on him to do it. There's a lot of pressure from the just the equipment not being up to scratch and not being able to record an ideal environment. 
and lots of different people being involved. But I mean, they they knock it out of the park this album. The producer basically said like they it was the worst studio we'd ever been in. Like he wouldn't have paid a dollar to record there, but they they were there for three three to four weeks doing the album. Yeah, it was weird because they recorded this. They did it in three months, but it was across like a longer period because they were touring mm-hmm. and. I guess that goes to another thing. What they said about like how they never found like you know the hit song on it because it was in between doing so much other stuff in a space that wasn't really set up yeah. for them. Uh, but I still think that they got some good songs out of it. Yeah, so. it, can, it can work either way because I mean, if you're recording like that, you can go out and test things on the road to see what people's reactions are. But I think that's the only thing with this album that that this is a great tune, but it's they don't keep stuff in the set going forward mm-hmm. and there's other sort there's other similar sounding songs to civil war or similar sounds or similar theme yeah. songs to civil war and crazy like a fox on later albums that obviously replaced them in the set like this is the riffs nearly identical to life's a bitch from inferno True. which is like not only three or four albums away so this is just going to be out the set list by the mid 2000s yeah a bit of biff filler really in it but i know it's a shame because it's got that motorhead humor in in the lyrics. There's, there's so many examples in this of just really must be an earthquake because <laughs> you got me shaking in my yeah, shoes. Jesus, really That's corny, that lines. man. Where's the other one? Oh, mama, hit me with your rhythm stick. It's magic time, but I don't play no tricks. Amazing. <laughs> and like, let me admit it himself. Like, he just wrote this stuff to make people laugh at some point. Like, he was looking for easy rhymes and and relatable shit, and yeah. It, it does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? Yeah, it's there's n- you're not gonna find anything. There's no depth to it. No, we've got a full album. We but have it, to get it's fucking it. hilarious, and it's a, like this is with an album as well. The second track is almost as important as the opener. Like if you think about some of the all-time great second album tracks going through, they're absolute belters of a song because the intro is just kind of to get you warmed up before. Mm. You kick in like the the one I think of is like Master of Puppets because you've got Battery and Master of Puppets and it's like you go up to one level with the first track and then you just kick it full into gear with the second and it it's on course this. So uh, going from the fun jovialness of that to the third track, I don't believe a word. I don't believe a word. I don't believe a word. Let's hear that. I've got memories of this. Now. Say something good about that. Best song in the album. Fuck off. Best song in the album. Are you saying that just to annoy me? No. Oh, I genuinely believe off, think this is the best that's song on the, the album. That's not the best song on the album. I'm not going to shit on Motorhead's work, but that's not a good song. It's my favourite. Right, it's my favourite song on the album. I mean, if you have memories of being like a moody teenager and listening to that and thinking it was deep, I wouldn't hold it against you, but... It's too much song, man. It's too, it's much, too song. much song. Yeah, it's fine in the first verse, but when it, when it gets to that like 
double the vocal thing when it's just like the lists I've seen the devil's laugh I've seen God's turn his face away I have nothing less to lose you have anything to say it's, that's a different song do that as a different song you had a nice thing going with the rhythm and I was following this this lyrics and then you, you threw this thing in the works there but you did that you threw that spanner in the works three times the machine's broken down it's not working anymore go on Go on, defend. <laughs> Defender. Yeah, Defender. This shows what they can do with a free piece and shows that you don't need a massive band and massive production to make okay. something sound this big and loud. I it mean, did it sounds very off, big. Yes, exactly. There's only guitar, bass, and vocal, and back and vocal, call it that, in the actual chorus. But when it hits in, you know it's something big the intro as well like <clears throat> like you've got lemmy's classic bass sound which is all the producers complain about it and it starts off really simple where it's just a dun, 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 but then he starts to put his own take on it so he starts to put the chords in and everything which you know it's that sets lemmy out from being just a standard you know, here's a bass plate like a guitar player because he plays it like a guitar. Mm-hmm. So you get almost him playing it a, like a bass riff and it being quite similar, quite, well, very simple and not having much substance to it. But when he brings in the chords, it you, it's just such a big sound on top and fills. There's just little licks over that intro or that intro and those verses and he just adds so much to it. I can't disagree with that, but music musically wise, it was interesting and good. And the only thing I don't like the in, the outro goes on a bit long. Yeah. You could probably do one cycle of that rather than three, but I like it because you've got we've got Lemmy singing on it as well, which you don't you don't get a lot from what he's saying. It's like the antithesis of the overnight sensation. I've been here for years. I've seen it all. I've trudged through the shit, and I'm still making it out in the other end. And it's like there's nothing you can do to take any of my success away and everything to me it's it's really just say it's it's just a play on well overnight sensations like the track after not after this the one after but to me this is what the album's about rather than overnight sensation okay well i don't feel that way <laughs> uh i just don't like it as a song i've not put as much thought into it as you have i guess so we just see what's next. Yeah. See in term, well, another way of looking at it, in terms of the experimental songs that we've seen on albums like Orgasmatron and 1916, yeah. this is the best of that type, I think. To me, this is the experimental song on this album, and this is the best they've done of it. Well, I don't know, man. We've had Lost in the Ozone before this, haven't we? You ah, Lost in the Ozone's a tune. You know my no, but, about that. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it feels like they were just trying to do that again, but then halfway through they were like, "Well, let's just make it fucking musical as fuck and just chuck all these things in the broth. See how that soup tastes." I can see what they were trying to do. It just didn't work for me. Just didn't work for you. Didn't work for me. But maybe eat the gun well. Eat the gun.
ending then. Well, it's oh, it's wow. a change from just the fade out. It, this whole <laughs> song is just like a change, isn't it? It's like every verse is just repeating two words, two phrases, you know? There's not much to this, is there? I've never, I've never seen a song, I've never heard a song, especially by Motorhead, that just goes, eat the gun, that just repeats the same thing over and over again. It, it, it's, it's not much to it, is it? No. It's three phrases over and over and over again. Dying awful pain, dying awful pain, shoot them all, shoot them all, cut the heads off, cut the heads off. It's got great guitar work, I feel, though. Yeah. It's like that proper classic Phil sound or tone to this. It's a, it's a weird exercise in non-songwriting. He's just found the few words that he wants to say and then thought, like, oh, I don't need to find a way to tie them together. I'll just chuck them all on. Musically, it's great. It it just feels like the the words are just placeholders. It's like, we'll just keep that there until we think of proper lyrics. Yeah. It's a weird song, man. <laughs> but I still don't think it's the worst on the album. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd be surprised to see what you think's worst. Two minutes is, is a good runtime for something like that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, from your from your Ramon school of songwriting, which exactly. you, you like so much, mm, but I you do. hate this song. Well, I guess <laughs> it's just, <laughs> let's not analyze that. Let's get into the title track, which is actually the fifth track on the album. Overnight sensation. Great opening. that classic motorhead I think it's alright I won't put it up there though really yeah maybe I'm just speaking from a place of nostalgia because it was one of the first CDs I had but I really like that song it is a it is a cool song but I, I know you talk about your playlist mm-hmm. of your my classical. top five yeah yeah your <laughs> top five that has it's not in my songs in yeah it. <laughs> it's a good song but it, for me it doesn't go I like I mainly like the quick songs or mm-hmm. where there's changes and this kind of just sits at one level and just stays there. It does it very well. It's got the acoustic guitar thing in it. Oh, that's different. No, but it, it's still the same. It sort of kicks off with dun 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 dun, and it it it's all along that phrase until the very end. Hmm. It's a good song. <laughs> it's just not my favorite. <laughs> I think there's some good writing in there, though. But it's, it's the point where the writing's hard to decipher, right? What is to, as to what it's about? I don't even know if it's if it's on about like record companies taking. Who are advantage. the bad boys that sold the franchise and stole your rock and roll? That's probably the record boys. Yeah, that's it? that's that's the way I interpret yeah. it. Like they've taken this person who's got loads of talent and basically bled them dry, and then kept everything for themselves. Like it's them who are pulling the strings and controlling everything. They stole the rock and roll. It's theirs. It's the, it's what rock and roll is what they tell you it is. So really, this song is just like a, an ode to bad business people, isn't it? Especially that like bridge where it's when it's like you know you put the hair on me, 
you do it all the same. Us guys ain't supposed to hair at all. Our faces fit the frame. So the the companies are just looking for people to put on the cover of these albums. Mm. And Lemmy's trying to go for the point. It's like, yo, we're artists here, man. This <laughs> cover. This cover. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why they chose that as the cover. It's it's a commentary on the faces on the albums. And they're looking very unhappy on the face of that they album. Are. <laughs> maybe that's why he shaved off his signature handlebar moustache. And his mutton chops. And his muttons, yeah. Shave those cypherts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I told you to shave those cypherts. Oh, yeah, man. I, I think that's a great song. I mean, would I put it in my top five, though? Oh, I'd, it'd, probably, it'd be on the list, but it would get edged out. I think this is this is where this album really struggles. There's some. It's a solid album. Like, I'm not taking anything away from the album. It's a solid album. It's a solid rock and roll album. But there's just nothing that majorly stands out compared to like sacrifice True. or bastards because they're these are all i mean we'll get to snake bike love next time and some of the problems that album has but bastards and sacrifice which i really i class as the the same elk because it's the start of the the monday lineup like you can name three or four songs off each of those albums right? like yeah it's tune that but this is everything's sort of at a level and it's good and it's a solid album but it's just it's no standout moment yeah, it's a solid okay album shall we flip the disc and see how we get on with the other side yeah we've done the track number six love can't buy me money that song I don't like it I like it I like the the jaunziness of it Uh, I think there's a depth of intelligence in that Lemmy style that I like that's also got a wath of fun to it a wath of fun fun. watch your mouth and you might or you might get the dentist you deserve this is a fucking great line on its own what annoys me about this and it'll probably come to me in like six weeks time (laughs) I can't think of what song it reminds me of it's it's just plodding in a bit. Well, we did just say previously that a lot of the songs are reused later on, kind of on. Yeah, <laughs> from the from the less known stuff to the more modern stuff. But this feels like it's it's almost exactly the same song. That's what's so frustrating about it. I can't find which well, one. I'd it is. say this has got that that sound of the the late nineties to it. Like I think it's probably like the peak of the late nineties sound. But it's also got the the injection of the old smart stuff like the stuff in there do like uh watch your feet oh you might fall and it's been quite a climb that's again on its own it's just a great line there's there's the odd good line and everything but for me as as a song it just doesn't work it's too slow and it's too lumbering we're just not agreeing on this album are we <laughs> no no <laughs> oh, i like it I'd, I'd say that's probably like one of the top songs on there yeah yeah i would some, some real surprises <laughs> I mean, I like I like the riff on "Cause Money Can't Buy You Love," like "Love Can't Buy You Money." That's that's just classic music, there, man. It digs in, yeah. It catches you. That's why they say catchy. It just doesn't work for me. It's the, 
for me, the hook's not there if we're using the fish ponds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to agree on that one. Let's see where we get with the next one. Then, hey, track number seven, broken. Lemmy's got the years of experience and the the high praise that comes with his name because otherwise you wouldn't get all out, you wouldn't get away with a line like broken broken swear I ain't choking. <laughs> out of context, that would make the song seem a bit shit, but I like that song. I, I it's a, that's a proper hook on the chorus, yeah. isn't it? That's what I that song is what I don't believe a wave should have been. Yeah, there should have just been two versions of the same song. I would have been happy with that. I see, I see where you I see where you're coming from there, like the the double track and the vocal on the chorus it makes mm-hmm. it sound like so much bigger but i d- i think it's a hell of a hook on on the chorus this i think lemmy said this is his favorite song on the record and it's you can see you can see why like it's not my favorite but it's a hell of a tune on there did he have a single from this because that should have been the single i don't think there was a single i think they really stopped doing videos until yeah, it doesn't say there's no mention of it on the wiki or anything. Yeah. That would have been a good single on a video, that. Is there any singles of Sacrifice? I don't know. Oh, Born to Race Hell, isn't he? Oh, yeah. That's the movie tie-in and stuff. Yeah. With they've, got, they've got the, the Tromeo and Julia tie-in for this. Was that the other album? No, I d- hold on. Because Hellraiser's off. Hellraiser's the movie tie-in. Yeah. That's off. Oh, March or Die. Mm-hmm. Born to Race Hell, for some reason, they did with Ice-T. Is that on the Airhead soundtrack? Yes. That's why. That's why he's thanked in here. Okay. So, um, too anyway, late let's... to be virgins. Too early to be whores. <laughs> Great stuff. There's, but... a, there's a there's a bleak world he's setting up in this song, and there's, I guess that goes in with the theme of the whole album of overnight sensations. You know, success, access, and then the inevitable fall that follows it, where we are too late to be whores, but we have to be whores because what else are we gonna do? This paint a really bleak picture of yeah, very bleak. everything because it's it's so like I know you would say about the colour of the record and like how it looks and everything, but obviously you imagine overnight sensation like riches, success and everything, whereas like the themes are just juxtaposed against what's actually on the record, but hell of a I keep saying it, that that chorus is one of the best on the album. I'll tell you what as well, it made me realize the difference in sound between guitar between Wurzel and Phil on this. Like, this just sounded like a more classic clean guitar solo. Mm. Yeah. Whereas I think Wurzel was, you know, faster, like uh more all over the frets. Yeah. Is that fair to say? You think there's a difference between them? Yeah, it's a, like I know Phil starts to bring it in a bit later on towards some of the you call them modern albums, they're twenty years old now. <laughs> But I mean, on yeah, like, like on things like Inferno and everything, we it's... are like there's a fucking great solo on We Are Motorhead, man. Yeah, yeah, oh, so good. I can't wait to get to that. But like we're still sort of kind of back to the, it's almost like a throwback to this album's almost like a a throwback to the Bronze Age. I mean, Bar Civil War and Eat the Gun. There's not anything that's out and out thrashy mm. on there. It's very you know, four bar blues and 
just old school rock and roll. But like this, this adds a bit to it. Like you were saying earlier, where Lemmy can take something that sounds like it's from the fifties, yeah, and then put a bit of a modern twist or modern slant on it. That's true. This is another song like that because it is very. But it does. But that means it sounds very nineties now that we're listening to it in the two thousands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like in the later albums where he does stuff that sounds very two thousands. <laughs> Like, like you're fine with the next track of them, not me. Probably sounded like a good idea at the time, but now that we listen back to it, I can't remember this one. I'm actually listened to this. Like, I'm sure I'm prepared to be surprised. about that song is the drumming it's like the octopus drumming like the, he's fucking going to, to work on those hi-hat cymbals and all that shit man and well, at the same time just the fucking double bass yeah we haven't already had the double bass on this album yeah. that much have we it's Mickey D showing what he can fucking do there man yeah. shame it's just such a shit song <laughs> I, I know you were saying with Broken about having certain lines Broken Broken you bet I'm Joking, I swear no, I ain't it? joking. Swear I yeah, ain't joking. Yeah. Well, on this, we've got Did you see the accident? The road is red with blood. Not a bad line. Yeah, funny how it makes you feel really, really good. <laughs> there was two rallies in there, just, just <laughs> and that was it. It's like there's not enough syllables in this sentence, <laughs> really. Again, um. Like when I see those flashing lights and hear those sirens moan, see my smile on my face, I grab my mobile phone. See, I'm trying, I'm trying uh. to figure out what he's getting at there because in '96 he's not going to have a camera. <laughs> so why is he grabbing That's a really his mobile? Good point. Yeah. He just, he's just calling someone to yeah, talk about it. Because in modern times you'd be like, oh, it's, 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 a, it's having a, a pop at like people who just stand by yeah, and yeah. record stuff rather than go and fucking help. <laughs> there's been an accident. It's oh, just film it. But, like, he wouldn't have had a camera phone. No. I was saying <laughs> mobile phone. A mobile phone. Eesh. Yeah, there's a... I don't know why the album needed this song. <laughs> you, made, you made a good point about... Um, they spell exactly in the lyrics as apostrophe exactly, yeah. <laughs> which I, I quite like. like. That you don't like that either? So, no. this is quite similar to Eat the Gun in terms of being shit pace. no <laughs> just uh, just pace and sort of content so mm-hmm. if you had to choose between <laughs> one oh, of them's gotta get you're gonna put a gun to my head or yeah. my mouth as it were <laughs> make me choose between one of them i think them not me only for the fact that it's actually more work's gone into it ether gun is just two minutes of they've written some some lines and he said oh there's not enough lines in here let me he's like tell you what i'll say the lines twice <laughs> But this part of this when it breaks down to the alive, not dead, alive, beat, not dead in one beat. It's it's interesting. It's weird. It's different. Different's good. It's it's. Is it's always top been tier, though. He's he's always been good at juxtaposing ideas next to each other. This is too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them, not me. <laughs> <laughs> them, not me. Me. I can still be. I can still be me. And then alive. Not dead. Yeah. As you... 
Yeah, fair, fair play. You needed to get to eleven tracks. You needed something on there. Yeah, it's just not not for me, lads. It's 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 a bit throwaway, and it's a bit more throwaway than some of the throwaway tracks on other albums. It's it's not. I don't think this is going to be on anyone's favorite. I wouldn't put it on the list of like god awful stuff either. To be no, fair. but I can't see anyone who go oh yeah, oh, yeah. You know what? I, I'm really into Motorhead. Them not me is my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's let's keep going, we're almost there now. Uh, track number nine, murder show. This whole album sounds to you like it's two different concepts. Because, like, Murder Show, Eat the Gun, Them Not Me, Civil War, that's, like, classic, like, war, post-apocalyptic, look how terrible everything is. And you've got Broken, Overnight Sensation, Can't Buy, Love Can't Buy Your Money, which is, like, the industry. You know? Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Or is it? Is this just... We need... 11 songs for the album. <laughs> we haven't written any. <laughs> right, what you know. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> maybe they, they just, maybe they not had, they probably didn't have a concept in mind. They were just, Lemmy's got his big book of things and it's just like opened up and said like this page, this page, this page. It reminds me a lot of, it reminds me a lot of stuff that would go on Inferno. Yeah. Like Killers and Terminal mm-hmm. Show and, Oh, what else is on there? In the name, oh. well, no, like Life's a Bitch. And yeah. A lot of this album feels like that, but it feels like Inferno did it better. It did. Um, but again, I think there's, you know, different. it's a different time than Inferno was made. There's different technology at work. But it's easier production. They're, they were more in sync as a three-piece at that point. I kind of get it because, I mean, we skitted on the line about grabbing your mobile phone when there's a car crash in the last mm-hmm. the last track, but this seems to be, it's the it's glamorising, but maybe it maybe is making a point a bit about sort of the industry and media by, like, glamorising violence, because yeah. it makes the news, like, obviously, like, by this time he's starting to get 24-7 news coverage and everything you've got when was Colum- was Columbine 90 was that before or after this and almost like the glamorization of like mass shootings and, and violence and everything maybe it maybe it's making a bit of a riff on that it's the murder show you tune in to watch mm-hmm. it you know you, that's what you've come to see you've come to see blood gore dismemberment killing murder Rapist, rapist, people driving by, racist, racist, crosses, burn the sky. He's just crossing all the boxes off of terribleness, isn't he? Mm. Oof, not a fun song. Good little riff, I guess. Uh, I, I like like the hook of the these days everybody gets to go do, 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 to the murder show. Everyone does. Repeated. It's a good catch. It's just like the actual song part of it doesn't doesn't do it for you. Doesn't do it for me. Doesn't make it to the list, the top ten. It's a- 
I don't think anything off this album has made it into your top ten. Oh, but in, in but terms some of them have been contenders. This is in terms of the songs on or the best songs on the album. Is it is it off there? I think it, it's it's nowhere near as the good rock and roll songs that are on the first side, like Crazy Like Fox. Mm. Like that's the that's the direct comparison I make to. Her. Well, we still got two songs left. Maybe uh, we'll find a contender in the next one. Shake the world. leans more towards my theory of the post-apocalyptic shit because it's like the don't panic mm. carry on you know that thing yeah nothing to see move along yeah carry on like everything's normal which it is yeah. nothing about overnight sensations ah, that's a weird song again isn't it <laughs> hate the world i swear i hate the world what's like shake the world that's a weird like expression he's trying mm. to make happen that's not an actual expression to shake things up shake or the world to to challenge things, maybe. Let's just, like, shake your blood all over again with probots. It's not an expression. Stop trying to shake everything. Let me, Jesus. What do you think of that song, Ma? It's just bland. It's, it's like a few strathill. It's just really bland. There's not a hell of a lot. It's it's okay. Hmm. It doesn't Again, it doesn't go anywhere, which is a problem with a lot of on the album. If it was, like, really up and down and, like, what's changed and stuff, great. But it's kind of just on the level, which is okay, and doesn't deviate from that. It's just like, right, hit, we start here, and we need to finish over there, <laughs> and we'll just go as the crow flies straight to it. Yeah. There's no. They could have dropped something in there, or they could have dropped wild on the guitar. They could put a drum solo in there or something. But... I mean, some of the some of the lyrics are like some of the, not saying the best on the album, but. Will you break? Do you deserve the love you take? Can you survive the fall? Are you the one to save us, or will you just enslave us all? And will you face the law? I mean, he talks about the law a lot on this album, but some like some like really interesting like concepts. It's like as is someone coming to sort of save us and make it all right, or again like a lot of politicians and things. What it's another one of his favorite topics. Are they just going in for their own gain and, mm-hmm. and look? You know, they're just going to be worse than what came along before them. I like the way you describe that there, just like the, the beginning, they, they knew what they wanted and they had to find a way to get to the end, you know, they start with the title, they've not had much interest in anything else, <laughs> yeah, not not for me, not for no, me. It's, it's not, it's, it's a bit of a throwaway track. Yeah, unfortunately, but it does lead us to the last song on the album, which is nice and cheerful and uplifting and happy, he said with a big smile on his face, listen to your heart, track number 11. Yeah, listen to that fucking acoustic guitar, man.
Jones for an abrupt album. Not really on theme with the last few songs, that is a... It's it's annoyingly optimistic. <laughs> Who does he think he is? <laughs> the chords are for that. I'm trying to look that up. Like, uh, we're not in Lennon-McCartney territory, but it's... It's very listen to the flower children, I think. Yeah. yeah I'm not <laughs> I'm not a fan. I like it. I'd rather listen to that than like 70% of the rest of mm. this album, to be honest with you. It's just too... It's just juxtaposed with the, the rest of the album. If they took off the acoustic guitar and opened with it and then it went downhill from there, like, fair enough, but don't close the album with it. It's, it's weird because, like, I just listened to that whole thing i just read all the lyrics to it but i couldn't tell you what any of the lyrics were apart from the listen to your heart listen to your heart it'll be all right listen to your heart yeah 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 so which is like, which is what like annoying like acoustic pop music is like yeah. it doesn't want you to remember it, it just wants it to burrow in your brain it's all like yeah we can do it it's all right and everything it's like i like, it's just, I like stuff like that because you know, there's I'll, a lot of pop, pop punk that comes from that kind of thing well chainsaw punk is i prefer to call it but in Molehead, like, not really, not not really where I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this comes after things like murder yeah, show. It comes and after such d- depression and shit that you you just want to fight this kind of depression with anger, not with like, oh, don't worry, it'll be all right. Rapist, re- rapist, <laughs> people driving by, races, races, crosses burning in the sky, and it's like, listen to your heart. Oh, it's just not not for me at all. Do you think there was too much influence of the old school rock and roll on this album? Because there's like three songs no, that, are, that are... Because they can make that work and they've made it work. Do you know what? The, the parallels between this and Inferno are like... There's so many of them mm. about obvious... Well, obvious ones are just dystopia and having old school rock and roll updated, having... Closing on an acoustic number, forgot there's loads of them. Everything but just Inferno. Just it, this, it, listen to it start to finish. It just reminded me how much of a better album Inferno is. <laughs> well, it, it's not a it's not a closer, and uh, it's you like a good closer, and and you you're making me appreciate your point of view with how off the wall that was. So you got to pick one song from that album to be your favorite. Don't believe it was okay. Just, said quickly enough there, didn't yeah. he? Been listening to it about two weeks on loop and probably on the second listen through of the album start to finish was yeah this is the best song on the album i think i'm gonna have to go for civil war yeah just as it's just a classic fucking thrash tune and it's it's the one song which you would expect to pop up mm. in set list afterwards because i don't believe a word's too it's too experimental. It's too up and down to to be able to last between tours. I mean, as he says, as he uh, raises his eyebrow and puts a hand over his uh, swelling with pride chest. As a writer myself, I'd say that I appreciate like overnight sensation lyrically more than anything else. Mm. That's like the kind of thing that I do sing to myself more. But like, just as a rock and roll fucking tune, Civil War. Yeah, yeah. Overnight sensation is a great song, but for me, for me, it doesn't go anywhere. And that's why I prefer I Don't Believe a Word. So do you have to pick a worse song on this album? What's it going to be? There's some contest there, man. Listen to your heart, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, I'd still have to go for Eat the Fucking Gun. I, d- I don't mind that because it's short and it's over with. <laughs> yeah. And there is some of the, the Lemmy Huber in there. 
Even though I know I just watch you cringe when he <laughs> says you're gonna so big. Oh wow. Yeah. It's just that weird oh wow part that he says, man. Well it's he's saying how impressed he is with So that's the end of the album. An interesting foray into what we call the classic lineup. And I think it gets much better. Yeah. <laughs> time time and Torag. We've also got to take into account like the climate of the time as well. Like they wouldn't really be at the peak of the success here because they've left England where they could just guarantee filling places out where they're in America where it's gonna be a bit harder, but they are still motorheader on the road all the time anyway. Yeah, I think they do. There's, there's a swing of this area as well, like the two thousands with like the events of like, you know, W E where they get really big. Pretty old on the ninety six here. Still in, still new gen era. Well, it's, well, it's, next, it's close to the 2000s, but... Uh, it makes, it's halfway you know, through the decade. Well, like, the next thing that they released after this is Protect the Innocent, which is a four-disc compilation of all this stuff. So, you know, that's how big the fucking catalogue is then. Hmm. It's 13th album, this. Mm-hmm. And then Snakebite Love is the next one. <laughs> there is There is a bit of a lull period until we start getting really good albums again unfortunately well that will be discussed next time on the monthly motorhead podcast i would say make sure to follow us on the twitter and stuff but i keep forgetting to use it